Welcome to Real Talk, episode 160. I'm Todd. This is AJ. And we're back. Hello, folks. How are you doing? <laughs> we are doing phenomenal today, folks. Oh, we man. said folks twice. Welcome to Real Talk, where the talk is real and the entertainment's cheap. My name's nice. Todd. This is AJ. Behind the camera is the man, the myth, the legend, Fun Turn Clint. Hello. If hello. you're just joining us for the first time, you heard his silky smooth voice. Silky. Real Talk's an opportunity to talk about what? Life, God, the Bible, and everything in between. Somewhere in the description of this beautiful podcast and or video, you will find a link. Or just the, it won't be a link, it may just be the address. www.theremnant.life slash real-talk. Boom. That's R-E-A-L, but you knew that because you're looking at the name. <laughs> if you click that, go down and submit a question. You could paste, your, you could type your question, tippity-tap it in there. You can paste a link, video, whatever. And the idea is we will give you, um, to the best of our ability, an answer from a Christian perspective. A lot of times people have questions, comments, they want to get thoughts from a Christian perspective on what's going on in the world or maybe just about life, and they feel uncomfortable asking people at church in person. The great news about this link is it's completely anonymous. We couldn't find you if we tried. And we have. Yeah, because sometimes people are rude, but it doesn't work. You're rude. You heard him. If you're on a podcast, this is our new staff person, Big Voice. <laughs> His name is Big Voice. And you ask for me, you're going to get me. It's the alter ego in the ear. You, uh, so Todd and AJ, how you been, man? Been doing pretty good, Big Voice. How's your week? Yeah, been? me too, man. I've been doing good too, Big Voice. If you're watching the video, that whole thing's really embarrassing. Well, well, well how's Big Voice doing? How's, how's his week been? Things have been great over here, big country. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we just ruined the show. So, we got a lot to talk about today. Oh my goodness, man. Um, we also do a segment called Real News, Real Views, in which we tackle some news of the day. Sometimes church-related, sometimes not. Church mm -hmm. being with a capital C. Uh, we got a lot to do today. We yeah, got a lot, a lot to get to. Here. Uh, a lot of exciting things here. Um, so, yeah. But before we do that, we like to dive right in with just a little... Uh, a pequeño, a pequeño amount. What's that? I believe that's Spanish for little. Oh, a pequeño. A pequeño. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, that's what it is, man. A little, a pequeño of our lives. Yeah, about our lives. I didn't finish because I got, now I'm looking up pequeño. Pequeño means small. And how do you actually say it? Pequeño. Pequeño. That was the Google Spanish translator. Oh, man. Did I take four years? Yes. Dude, that was so funny. So. Uh, he is very small. Anyway. <laughs> wait, wait. It, it means small. Okay. Um, However, it is used in the sense. A little bit, yeah. Sorry, I got caught up in the study of language. So, <laughs> how you been, man? What's language, new? Language. <clears throat> um, I'm doing, I'm doing okay. Um, <laughs> I'm giggly. You got me giggly. Big voice says that's okay. Thanks, big voice. <laughs> so embarrassing on camera. I appreciate you saying it's okay, big voice. Thank you. Always here for you. I know that. So, <laughs> I'm doing okay. Um, I would say I had this thought come to me like last night. 
about the idea of like life. Uh, like I feel like, especially as time has went on, like the the past two generations of people, I kind of feel like we have been conditioned in a way to almost feel like life isn't real. And I think we've kind of just been op- like oppressed to believe that, yeah, you just kind of do the, the status quo and then you die. And um, I don't know, man, it just kind of got me thinking. And it was, and it was interesting because a lot of the time I can kind of feel that way. You know, I can feel like, you know, hey, like there is no – you know, there is dreams are not real. Like, you know, like it's just weird. Like I just kind of go through the motions and, and, but even then I don't even fulfill those a lot of the time. So it's like, you just kind of have like this general, like, I don't know, man, I don't even know what to call it. It's just hard to explain, but that's kind of how I feel like we've been like almost conditioned to, to be like, and then you have Jesus who's the complete opposite. And it makes sense why, you know, that we've always said Jesus is countercultural because it even made me, it made sense in my mind that the way that he has said, like, who we are is not like that. It's the complete opposite. You know, he, it's all things, all things are possible through him. So it's like this whole idea of like, you know, you can dream and go do what you want to do or, you know, like life isn't just get up, go to work, you know, and then go back to sleep, you know, like it's just so much more than that. But it's not painted that way. So with that, I was just kind of thinking about, well, why then why am I so like, why do I struggle so much to like have joy or why do I have such a hard time? Like being like willing to chase after Jesus. And I kind of chalked it up to like, well, it's because I still love things more than him, you know, which is hard to like, that's hard to like, you know, grasp. (laughs) So like, you know, just I'll take like an example I even used like last night when I was thinking about it. Like I will get so much more excited talking watching a sports game sometimes than I would wanting to read the Bible, you know, or you know, I would get so much more excited, you know, you guys know I'm a wrestling fan, so like I would be a lot more excited, you know, watching wrestling than I would like listening to a sermon or like, you know, I don't know, or like, you know, get like meeting for like a Bible study or going to a small group or whatever. Like, so <clears throat> I'm going to flip this on you real quick. Cause this is, I've thought this before. <clears throat> what if it's not so much that you are getting more excited about it? You're addicted to them. Mm. So it's kind of like, think mm. about it, you know, drug addicts, do they actually like drugs more than their favorite food? No, probably not. But do they want that drug more than their favorite food? E- yeah. Do you know anything about coke addicts or or addicts at all? The answer yeah. is yes, right? That's why you're addicted. You, you'll do anything for it, right? Mm. Or meth or whatever else it is, right? So here's my thing, man. And I've been pondering this, and, and everyone knows this, and I, I think it's for those out there that are listening too. You've, it goes back to the idea. I've brought this up numerous times in Psalm 1 where it says, he who meditates... Right, paraphrasing here. He who meditates on uh, the law of the Lord, the word of the Lord, is like a tree planted between two streams. Hmm. What happens <clears throat> when you when you don't do those things? Okay, so it's almost like running. <clears throat> you remember when we were doing our running? At first, it's absolutely miserable, right? But after a while, be honest with P ninety X, we actually enjoyed. We enjoyed it. We looked forward to the process. Now, did it mean every time we were lining up to run another sprint that we were we didn't still go? This is going to be terrible. But we got used to. I even specifically remember you going, man. I really kind of enjoy this now. Like I enjoy. 
I think it's yeah. the same thing, man. And I think so much maybe maybe stop focusing so much on the fact that you you enjoy those other things more mm-hmm. and start thinking about how to get your excitement up in the areas that you want to get them up in. Okay. Meaning so scripture or you know, and it, being the kind of man that you want to be. Hmm. Because what made me think all this is you are a joyful person. So I think that isn't true. I think you are naturally a joyful person. I think what you struggle with is you think you're not joyful because you're sad sometimes inside. But to me, like, you don't really show that a bunch. Now, you do to us at times. (laughs) But... But I think that's what's hard for you, man. This is from the outside. Okay? Yeah. I don't mean to be like an expert or to speak for you. No, I love But I just it. want I you to know, it. I think that you are a joyful person. And I think a lot of times, you know, I don't know, man. I don't, real talk. I think you just got to start doing the things that you want to do, not doing the things that you enjoy doing because they're not always the same. Right, so what I mean by that is, you want to read scripture, for instance. Let's just say it's that, or yeah. you want to work on a creative project for the for the church that you know you want to get done. You yeah. want to do that, right? Yeah, I want. To do you this. don't enjoy it as much as you maybe do these other things, right? Sure. But that's the thing. Stop pursuing what you enjoy for for a while and do what you want, and see if the wants become enjoyable. That's really good, man. I mean, genuinely, and that's just mm. something. Because think about it, it's like working out or anything else, man. That is not fun. That's what keeps people from trying because they don't want to do those first three weeks. Those first three weeks are hard. Yeah. Really, in anything that you do, right, new habits, and I know they say it takes longer than that. But for me, I know when I talk to people, and I've even told you guys, when we started getting you guys in shape and working out, what did yeah. I say? It's like you got to make three weeks. If you make it three weeks, that's when we know because first week's miserable. Second week, you're kind of on a high because you made it past the first week. It's that third week where you're you're like, okay, now I'm doing this. Like, I'm still doing this, you mm-hmm. know? So, I don't know, man. Like, maybe it doesn't really matter. I think you get caught up in beating yourself up over the fact that you don't naturally enjoy these other things when, you know, of course you don't. You have a flat, you have a sinful nature, dude. That's a part of you. That's, yeah. Not that it's sinful to watch sports, but, <clears throat> or anything, because clearly we all, or it's not even sinful to enjoy life. I think the bigger issue isn't so much how much you enjoy the other things, it's the fact that you don't enjoy any. Of the other stuff, maybe I don't know. It's just a thought, and maybe maybe that's my problem. Maybe like I'm just expecting to like, like I. It's almost I feel like guilty that that's not enjoyable all the time. You know when it should. Yeah. I feel like it should be. You know, so I, I don't know, but that makes sense. Like I think that it's it's I think the guilt comes from a place of like, well, why, why am I able to be so like, like have so much like enjoyment out of this stuff, but not as much in, in, in the areas that really matter. You know, Mm. that's, I think that's where I get, I feel guilty and I get upset. Yeah. But what does guilt do? It makes it about you again, man. Hmm. In the sense of like, it focuses it on your self hatred versus on God and take even just what you want to accomplish. Hmm. Just a thought. That's good. So it's like, <clears throat> excuse me. So I need to channel that, and instead of taking in the guilt and like p- putting it on myself, I need to you know like just take it and like kind of turn it outward, like focus on like others and like focus on like you know like you said doing. I like what you said, doing the once instead of the, like the like the uh, oh what was the other word you used? Dang it! It was doing the. Do the things you want to do and, and not focus as much as the things that bring enjoyment or something like that. There we go. That's what it was. Mm. But 
I like that, man. I'm going to do that this week because I think, I don't know, man, put it to the test. <laughs> so I appreciate that because that does mean a lot. Because I, I guess for me, like, I never, I never really felt like I saw a difference between, like, enjoyment and uh, wanting. Like, I, I didn't mm. really see a difference in that, but that makes sense. So thank you. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. That that was just a big one for me because I was like, man, like, I don't know, just kind of made me a little sad. But there's hope in that. Yeah, man, there is hope. Um, other than that, like, I, I don't think so. I don't think I have anything else. That that was the the big thing. I, I mean, I know, like, you know, still kind of trying to figure out how to balance life because I know I'm still not good at that. So, like, you know. <laughs> A lot of the time, I think I'm, I still get overwhelmed very easy, and you know I'm I'm still trying to work through and get better at you know instead of just letting those those you know circumstances overwhelm me and just kind of because I tend to just kind of shut down a lot and just kind of like sink into myself. You know I'm trying not to do that, so mm. I still got a long ways to go in that. But I'm trying to I'm trying to make it more outward so people can at least know where I'm at instead of wondering like what is wrong with this guy. <laughs> so. So that's 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 another thing. But other than that, man, I mean, you know, I'm still thankful. I don't know. You know, it's funny. This is super random, but uh Creed. <laughs> Rusted in weather. Creed, man, that's a band, dude, that it's so cool because you know, they were like my first favorite band. And um, you know, I think I first heard them and I was like, I don't know. Can't stand them. Six, maybe seven. I don't know. Maybe a little younger. You know how weird that is, by the way. What? That at six or seven, when the rest of us are like, you know, and you're listening to Creed. Yeah. This kid. This guy had no childhood. <laughs> yeah, because they're that that album came out in 2001, so I've been six years old. Yeah, because I was born in '95. So, yep. shouldn't have told everyone, man, how old you are. No one's going to respect you. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no respect. Um, anyway, Creed. Yeah, so it's funny, man, because, like, you know. You and your music, man. You love your depressing music. This It's interesting I because. Like everyone knows this, by the way. I was being sarcastic. Because yeah. Creed, like, it's interesting to hear them because I don't. they don't consider themselves a Christian band, man. But you listen to some of their songs, and you're like, dude. This is totally like this is a Christian message. Like, you know, it's super cool. And so, you know, it's funny, man. I was listening to one of their songs yesterday, and I was like, man, it made me emotional because I was like, dude, like this is like, this is, um, I don't know, man. Like, it's cool that they were able to put that message out there and it was able to affect me because I was like, man, this is still talking about God. And I was like, dang. So it was just cool, but so. That was just a random little thing I wanted to throw in there. That Creed. <laughs> you love Ke- Creed? Not Keed. <laughs> I love Keed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Creed's freaking awesome, man. And, like, you know, it's cool that they have they got as big as they did and they were able to still, like, slide in some some God in there. Super cool. So, but other than that, man, yeah, I think that's about it for me. <laughs> How about you, T-Dog? How's your week been, my friend? Oh, why do you, why do y'all, fun turn, you go first. You dist- fun turn. You distracted me. Oh, my bad. I mean, you distracted me from being distracted. 
Uh, I'm, I'm doing okay. I, I've had a f- bit of interestingness happen. I, I got... Interestingness. <laughs> yeah, I, I've appeared nice. to have caught some sort of virus or something. Well, you've just scared everyone that it's the big... Oh, no. The no. big C. Dun, dun, dun. That disappeared, by the way. That disappeared. Yeah, no one's really worried about it anymore. Yeah. Yeah, Sorry, no. go on. Yeah, it's not that. Um, Will Smith, though, yeah. huh? <laughs> Sorry. Exactly. Funny, the other things are more important now. Um, I'm on it today. <laughs> the ridiculousness of that whole situation. We got a question about that later. Um, <laughs> but otherwise, which has been a bit of anxiety-ridden thing just to deal with because it's I don't like anything that deals with my stomach. I don't get nauseous very often. I don't get that, and I am I am miserable when I am nauseous. I, that, um, I do not deal in ma- nauseous, stomach pain, anything. I do not deal well with it. I I can sometimes put on like a mask and be like I'm great right now. And later I'm like I feel like death. Yeah. Um, so that's been a thing I've been having to deal with. But otherwise I, I've been I've been doing okay. I've been it's not been terrible, huh? I've had an interesting uh, few weeks, really. Just one with work and things like that, and it just feels like everything's picking up speed again. I, I'm finally in that place where I'm like, man, everything is flying behind me. This is insane. Uh, I'm, what the heck is going on? And so I've, I've noticed that more lately. Like, everything's just flying by. It's almost like getting back into almost... Once I'm in a routine, things start to fly by, and then I try to break that routine because mm. I don't like routines. So <laughs> there's been that. But otherwise, I'm, I'm doing pretty good. I, I'm, I'm not really sad or anything right now. I'm pretty good place, just not living sad. life. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. Found out that blueberries help with constipation today, too. So Fun fact. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting thing. Google, Google tells me random things. <laughs> it's nice to have a big bowl of blueberries. Anyway. We got a muffin. Uh, yeah, stomach stuff's not good, man. I have... Um, as you know, I often have stomach issues. It's not pleasant. It's like me with my head, man. If I get a headache, dude. I'm, you clearly need glasses. Man. I am, dude. I, I'm you clearly need glasses. Every time you get a headache, it's because you have been looking at a screen, reading. It's fair. I don't know why I can't have a, not have a headache. That's probably why my eyes are always why don't you listen to him, EJ? It's just me telling you he's right. Listen, big voice. I apologize. <laughs> and, you know, I, I will. Maybe I'll look into getting glasses, big voice. I'm sorry. He won't do it. <laughs> He will not look into getting glasses. You can get two pairs. He won't look into getting one. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, don't even bring up two. (laughs) Gosh dang it. I'm supposed to have them. Uh, I have a mild astigmatism. Which, If if the word is correct, meaning one eye is worse than the other, which at night, as I've told you, makes lights seem like these strange I've had them my whole life. Yeah, then you have yeah you have, you have that. So that just me means, too. I didn't just means one eye is worse than the other. Typically, yeah, mm-hmm. I believe. Again, if there's any eye experts out there, feel free to hop on in and give us the truth. Yeah, what are you I, looking at? I was looking at the lights. I think it shows more in the dark. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I could be wrong. I, I'm not a doctor. I think if I look at them just right, I can see the the, the streams come in a little bit. Guess yeah, actually, I can too. Bright lights. See, like there's significant difference between my left eye and my right eye. Like hey. you're blurry right now a little. Oh, dude, actually, you're right. If you look at these lights up here, my dude, left eye. you can eye. look at a person and see it. You don't have to look at lights. <laughs> Try <laughs> You're going to blind yourself. That's a, that's a funny story I have in my life about staring at a light bulb for like half an hour. Why am I not surprised? Now we know why you have this stigma. 
Well, you have the thing with your eyes. (laughs) 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 All right. Well, I'll ask myself how I'm doing. (laughs) How am I doing? I'm doing phenomenal. Blessed. Blessed. Like the rest. Blessed. Out of my mess. Anyway. (laughs) I'm I'm doing phenomenal. Very thankful. You know what, man? So that's that's it. That's the end of it. Trying to think. Um... Big challenge, I think, for me, kind of pondering lately is certain people have a voice in your life regardless of whether you want them to, hmm. right? So for some of us, it's our it's our parents still. Sometimes it's a good friend. Sometimes it's a spouse. Sometimes it's a girlfriend, boyfriend. Sometimes it's kids. Sometimes it's whatever. Yeah. Um, which is great. And those are those voices can be very, very helpful. They become a lot – it becomes a lot harder when whether – they mean to or not when that makes i don't know kind of makes you question who you are and one of the things i've had to look in the mirror lately is just gotta i've gotta be i've been told that i am too um like i show my insecurities too much like so uh, as i say that and that's okay i think it's good for someone to tell me that because it can make it's they said it makes them difficult to follow me as a leader kind of which is okay um because i think them being honest is cool so I say all that to say it's kind of hard for me to say this, but I'm going to. I think I have to, you know, I have to be more consistent, man, in certain areas. So that's what one thing I'm working on is just, I, I said this yesterday, I think, in our, we had a Bible study, we were both part of it, you know, I think I'm pretty consistent 98% of my life, and there's 2% that I get, I start to question, and I let that 2% insecurities or whatever affect the 98 sometimes, that's right? really instead of yeah. walking in, in who I am. So mm-hmm. I'm very thankful, man. I'm very... I have a lot, a lot I could talk about with just kind of what I've been pondering with God lately and sort of where he's pushing me and sharpening me and reminding me. And, but that's for another time. So overall, Thanks very thankful. Uh, sun's been out, so that's been exciting. Wait, the wait journey has been depressing. What'd you say? <laughs> it's getting warmer. Yeah, yeah. not well, it's freezing, freezing right now. But... Uh, <laughs> But the sun is out. It was warm though. Like, two, well, like you're right. Year, it like was seventy warm. degrees. It was warm. It's Here in Indiana, we is, literally have a thirty. It, it is cold though. You're right. It's like <laughs> yeah, it's, it's getting warm. warm. <laughs> Gosh dang it. Nice. Yeah. Mother Nature is is it's deceptive, man. Yeah, she's deceptive, and she's bent on killing us. Mm. She has a real vendetta, vendetta against us. Gosh dang it! I can't speak English. <laughs> <laughs> she's gonna stop. So actually, if we have a, if we had somebody shoot in a. Good old question in here about that very oh, thing. Oh, I know. I made the show <laughs> about what? Oh, I, I put it there. It? Yeah, yeah, that's hilarious. Number eighty-eight. <laughs> I know we're getting up there. We're gonna break a hundred here soon. Do um, I get? A, do I get? Well, I, I had two more, so we're at least at ninety now. Do I get a cake if we get but, out to a hundred? Maybe we could always try to make you a custom one. But, anyway, sun's been out. Yes, and that's been that's been uh, cool. Yes. Don't be depressed on your weight loss journey, man. It's oh, yeah. I was going to finish that. So weight loss journey. What I've decided was, so I was on antibiotics for this abscess. I guess that's something I didn't tell anyone. I had an oh, abscess yeah. under my arm, which yes. is gross, right? It didn't look too gross, really. It just looked like this, like, swollen red area. But it yeah. was big. It was, yeah. It was it, huge. It was decent size. It was the man. size, when I went to the doctor, I don't know if I told you this, they said it was, like, the size of a ping pong ball. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. You didn't realize that was that big? Because no. they were feeling around it. Anyway, wow. I have no idea I got it. They asked me if I changed deodorants. I don't think I had. Um, I think I have a theory 
I've told you this, but anyway, so I was on antibiotics for, for seven, I was taking four a day for seven days. Um, and Crazy. I think what happens is when you do that, right, they say it, it gets rid of your, your good bacteria and I already have issues, yeah. you know, stomach stuff. So I'm holding on to a little extra <laughs> stomach stuff. I don't know. So uh, I think that's why. So I'm I've, I'm choosing joy in that too because I'm, listen, I'm in good shape. You are in listen, good shape. People don't realize I'm in good shape. So I just focus on that, and the weight will come. There you go. And there it is. Choosing joy. It's a real thing. Ba 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 ba. I'm loving it. Choosing joy. Is that still McDonald's jingle? I think so. Ba da ba ba ba. I'm loving it. Didn't Justin Timberlake originally sing that? No. Really. <laughs> like, 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 didn't he record it for me? Oh, I don't, I don't know. I just thought you meant that was a song. I'm like, oh, no, no, man. no, 100% that's McDonald's jingle. No, no, <laughs> no, I know it's McDonald's jingle. I'm pretty sure it's Justin T. Fun trend, so you can look up. We're not gonna look it up. Just kidding. I was kidding. I don't have the right to tell him not to look it up. Look it up. Wait, you just reminded me of something. Okay, oh, a really sad thing I noticed the other day. Speaking of McDonald's, okay, so. Drove to, we were in Warsaw, actually. You yeah. were there. Okay, you know that McDonald's by where we went to get our hair cut and stuff uh-huh. the other day? I know that one. Yeah. I am yeah, very familiar with that. Uh, I'm familiar with that the McDonald's. I just used to go there a lot. You meet someone? <laughs> uh, yeah, old girlfriend. I used to go there a lot. Is that a girlfriend I know? Mm-hmm. Duh. Because you're trying to meet in the middle. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> so I pulled up, and guess what? They have a play place still, which is pretty rare. Closed, of course. Right. And it was weird, dude, because it just looked like this, like half the store is open, you know, and the other half is this creepy, dark land of like five nights at Freddy's, you know, like a miniature. <laughs> that's what it looked like. So it was just oh, kind of sad. It sort of was symbolic, though, man, that things still aren't normal. That's you true, I man. Because when like- I was a kid and like kids are missing out on so much right now. Yeah. And they said, I've, I've seen some studies where they're saying these kids are really going to struggle, like are struggling right now with anxiety and like. Did I tell you that they're saying certain in a certain age bracket may not even may even be developmentally challenged in language because they learn from mouths and stuff and people's had masks on for so long. Wow. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. That's crazy. Yeah, man. Anyway, unrelated. Just the fact that you know life is still not completely no, especially in that realm. Like fast food is specifically like it's never been the same. Yeah, it's crazy that if you, I mean, I think they're slowly. Some places are slowly starting to get back to like having lobbies open and stuff. But like, it's just odd because I feel like the past two years, it feels like it's just been drive-through services or, or like you know where you have. Like, or even if they're open though, it's still weird. You walk in and you know, I don't know. It it, it is funny how it's fading from public. Yeah, it's, you right this whole thing yeah so but yet there's still like remnants of it no pun intended mm-hmm. of like people are wearing masks in certain areas and it's like i went to a local nutrition shop mm-hmm. and on the door it says please wear a mask stay six foot away and like they clearly put it on there i went in there no i went in there I didn't, the first time i went in i didn't see it mm. so i went in numerous times no one says anything to me ever there's everyone in there has no mask on, and i'm just like why is this still on the door <laughs> right you know what i mean Oh, yeah. It's just, I'm not even, and by the way, that's not even, I'm not even talking about whether or not you should wear a mask. I'm just saying it's interesting that we're in this weird sort of twilight zone of like, are we following things? Are we not? You know, all that stuff. Uh, it's, oh, go ahead, Clint. Yeah, it, it is definitely one of those places, even where I work, because I, I work in fast food. So, yeah. We've, this is something I knew was going to happen from the day one of mask mandates. We all kind of went with it for a while, and then fast food workers rebelled. And, it's the choice of get the job done or enforce masks. 
So we chose to get the job done. And we mass mandation in a lot of stores basically stopped around 2021, at least midway through the year, if mm-hmm. not earlier. And it was this weird place of just like, yeah, we know this is a thing, but like it's not really affecting us and it's not really affecting these things. Like yep. it's miserable here. It's summer. Like we're dying because we don't have proper air conditioning. We're not going to wear these masks. This is stupid. So people just stopped wearing the masks and it for better or for worse, that's what just happened. And I think it's an it is interesting because as soon as things op- were allowed to open back up, it was a slow open up kind of like for optics. But right when we could soon as like the government or whoever said like, hey, you can open your lobby up fully immediately, snap of the fingers, everything like like there was no media, like we were fully open, ready for you to come in, sit down, do this, whether we were ready, whether employees were ready for it or not. And that was that is the weird limbo we're living in, because now we're living in the past age where we still have like shields up at certain places or we've gotten rid of them. I think we just got rid of ours at a taco shop. But like I know, like Arby's, That's a good name. Arby's yeah. here. Nah, they still. I think their their lobby isn't fully open yet. Yeah. Where you have us taco shop, we're like ah, we don't care. No I think mass. it's hilarious that you gave a pseudonym to the taco shop, but just but, flat out goes Arby's. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> I'm at the GM at the taco, taco shop. shop roast beef shack. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Good stuff. You're right, though, man. And that's it is you've kind of had to live very much in the like back that and forth. World. Yeah. Oh, never mind. Leads me to the time we defeated an HR department. Yep. Uh-huh. It was fun stuff. Constitutional rights. Anyway. Todd Bland, attorney law. Hey, I defeated some companies. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> I've been defeated as well, though. <laughs> uh, so we're caught up on our lives. It's time for questions. You ready for questions? Hey. How about you guys out there? You ready for questions? Let's ask Big Voice. Oh, I'm ready. What's the questions? Hey, Big Voice is ready. Let's get to it. Man, you know what's so embarrassing when people watch the video and I'm just <laughs> going, hey, Big Voice. Hey. And I'm talking back and forth. To my... Guys, we're just trying to have some fun with you. That's right. Hey, hey, hey. You want to have fun? Just a thought. Look at we're it. We're glad you want to have fun. I did the Blue's Clues thing. You haven't seen Blue's Clues? Yeah. yeah. Or like Dora. I get it. I was just giving him a look. Nice. I liked it. All right. <laughs> it's one of those shows that's certainly off the rails. Oh, yeah. Well, and we're never coming back. <laughs> How does that make you feel? Oh, pastors don't talk like this. <laughs> well, guess what? Guess your brain got exploded because they do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah! Got him. <laughs> we lost everyone. All right. Watch this shift. Ready? Five, four, three, two. We're going to move to some questions now that have been asked by a lot of our viewers and listeners. Okay. And uh, regarding God, life, the Bible, and everything in between, we're very excited to answer them. We Here do we promise to give you the best answer we can. That's right. And if we don't know, we will tell you that. That being said... AJ, are you ready? I'm ready. If you don't believe that Jesus is coming back while you're on earth during your lifetime, does that make you not a believer? Well. <laughs> your face made me laugh. <laughs> you were like, hmm. Um, I guess it depends on, like, what you mean by they don't believe he's coming back. Like, 
I guess if someone's just like, yeah, he's definitely clearly not coming back during my lifetime. Like, I guess it doesn't necessarily not doesn't make them not a believer, but like, I feel like that mindset's not healthy for their spiritual like well being because mm. the Bible tells us to to live like he comes tomorrow, you know, or any time. So I would say that it definitely doesn't make them an unbeliever, but I would I would be not shocked that they're a little spiritually immature, <laughs> I suppose. That's, yeah, that that would be my, yeah. Well, I, I don't, uh, I don't think it doesn't mean you're a believer at all. I mean, that has nothing to do with whether you're a believer. It just means that you have a theological, I don't, I don't even a theological, you just think that you're, you don't think he's coming back soon. Mm-hmm. Okay. I will tell you this, we're supposed to live like he is regardless. Exactly. Yeah, which is what you kind of touched on. So I think that, you know, that much is true. So, no, it has nothing to do with salvation. Do you believe? Now, if you were to say, I don't ever believe Christ is coming back, then, yeah, you you know, you know, probably aren't believing he is who he said he is, right? If, he, if he's not alive still. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Good stuff. Your turn, little buddy. Uh, <laughs> you can't. Oh, yeah, you can't, we can't go on that one. Yeah. All right. Sorry, it I says, thought it was one with a video. Uh, what are your thoughts and or concerns <clears throat> with this article? I was taken back saying how the parable of the Good Samaritan ties to take the vaccine. Um, so we have... Yeah, I saw... So actually, we got to see this article. You go ahead and read the... I put, oh, I'll find I put it. it in the, a weird place. Yeah. So the article in question is from the Charlotte Observer, and it is, Franklin Graham believes Jesus would support COVID vaccine. He's still catching grief. Um, so essentially, I'm going to paraphrase a few of this. Evangelist Franklin Graham is catching grief from some of his Facebook followers weeks after saying Jesus would have supported people taking the vaccine. He said, based on parable of the Good Samaritan, Graham said he concluded that Jesus would have backed getting all types of vaccines. Did Jesus himself need one? Of course not. He's God. He said nobody should have to endure what some of his staff and their family did after contracting coronavirus. Some, quote, spent weeks on a ventilator, months hospitalized as a result, Graham said. Vaccines have worked for polio, smallpox, measles, the flu, and so many other deadly diseases, so why not for this virus? My wife and I both have had the vaccine, and at 68 years old, I want to get as many more miles out of these old bones as possible. Mm-hmm. And then he, uh, what? Just some of the responses yeah. from people gets pretty. Some of his followers, however, are still fuming about his COVID vaccine recommendation. "Quote: You, my friend Franklin Graham, Graham are leading your sleep, to, your sheep to slaughter." A woman posted Friday. "Quote: Satanic sellout." Another woman posted. "Quote: Stop." Another said, "It is not your job as a pastor to try and talk people into taking a vaccine. That is considered experimental." "I will not get the vaccine." Yet another one posted. "God knew when I was conceived and how I'd die." Um, others back Graham. God gave us a blessing. That blessing is vaccine. A woman posted to anti-vaxxers. A man said somewhat angrily, I hope you hydrate well and get plenty of rest the natural way if you get COVID and thus not clog up our hospitals. <laughs> um, last year, the Charlotte based Billy Graham evangelistic association started a 24 hour COVID-19 prayer line. Graham, who is association president and CEO, CEO said thousands of Americans called the line in days. Um, so it's asking, what are my thoughts on this? Yeah, it's uh, saying, what are your thoughts and or concerns with this article? And it says, I was taken back saying how the parable of the Good Samaritan ties to take the vaccine. I think, um, okay, a couple things before I even give my thoughts. I think it's interesting. He's 68 years old, which means he's in a higher age bracket, which he's instead of being 99.98 is probably 99.95%, you know, likely to. So I think he might have a little bias here. Makes sense. He's in the older demogra- demographic. I think it's um, – I, I don't know. This is my personal view. Do I think we should do everything we can to love people? I think that's a stretch 
to attach that specific story to a vaccine. Now, I get what they're going to say, right? It cost the Good Samaritan some stuff. He spent his money, remember, um, to take the the man on the side of the road, you know, put him up in an inn and pay for him until he recovered and all those things. Um, I think it's still a little different. And um, we're not talking about, you know, I, I guess if I'm real talk, I guess to me it's a little irresponsible of him to say that. There's people that are leery because of the side effects. It hasn't fully been tested 100, you know, I'm, I'm, I, again, there are people who say that it hasn't, uh, you know, that there's some concerning side effects that makes people at least a little leery or want to wait a little bit before Absolutely. doing that. Here's the thing. We don't, even in our country today, yes, to go to school, you have to, right, get vaccinated. But it's not law that every child has to be vaccinated against everything. There's some freedom there. Yes. Right or wrong. So... I guess he's not talking about the country, though. He's talking about biblically. So I think that it's a little irresponsible. I think it's a little bit of a stretch. Um, I agree with the, the concept of, you know, for instance, if I am sick, would I wear a mask into a nursing home um, if it was a mask that worked, right? Or would I stay away from a nursing home? Or would I, you know, am I going to try to take care of people the best I can by not spreading sickness to them? Sure, mm-hmm. you know. But I think it's a. This is just my personal opinion. I think it's a bit of a stretch to connect that story and then say that story proves you should get the vaccine. That's just my thoughts on it. Yeah, man, I agree. And it's I'm just, not saying either way. I think that's a personal decision. So agreed. And I don't know. I think that what's been interesting, and, and maybe it's, it's just because you know this gener like this era of people who are alive right now, from you know his generation on all the way down. Maybe it's because we've never seen something like this before yeah. of this, you know, quote, scale. So maybe that's why everyone's kind of been like in this panic state and why he even like tries to refer to it as being a biblical thing. But like we've seen things similar to this in the past, right? And like no one – I feel like there was never a response quite like we've had with well, this. Well, the, the, people point to the Spanish flu and stuff, which was really bad, and people mm-hmm. did wear masks back in the day, and it's dangerous. And, and again, I'm not saying we shouldn't do those things. What I am saying is – it's funny. I feel like people set us up on this show sometimes because they may know our personal. Listen, at the end of the day, you need to reason. Like, <sighs> a lot of what people are calling science about how safe things are and how we know 100% it's okay, that is a lie. Okay? That is a lie. That's not to shame anyone who's got the vaccine. That's not to say that everyone who gets the vaccine is going to get sick. It's not to say that it doesn't, you know. I'm just saying it's irresponsible to try to shame someone into getting a vaccine. And I guess for me, I kind of look and go, dude, you're, you're 68 and you just are trying, and now and you're saying that. And you even said, I want to get them out of these old bones. You kind of almost took away from your message a little by implying there's a selfishness to it. Mm-hmm. Does that yeah. make sense? But, oh, yeah. and, and the irony of that is you're using the Good Samaritan while also referencing a little bit of selfishness on your part. And by the way, I have nothing but admiration for Franklin Graham. Billy Graham, so I'm not speaking poorly of him. He's a wiser man than me in many ways. I just, you ask my opinion, I think that's a stretch. It's mm, good, man. Though I think the heart behind it, we should care about people, you know. I think more, maybe the analogy would be, can I give you an analogy to COVID? Should we stop, you know, would I not go help someone off the side of the road because I knew they were uh, positive for COVID? That's more of 
the Good Samaritan. Mm-hmm. If someone was sick, do I tell them they can't come close to me? I won't feed them. I won't touch them. I won't be within six feet of them because I might catch a sickness. Which one is really the heart of the Good Samaritan? <laughs> the one that says, I'm not going to let a fear of getting sick stop me from loving someone. Does that make sense? Yep. That's my thoughts on it. It's good stuff, hey, man. Again, that's not to shame you on the skinny vaccine or whatever, you know. I, I And I'm not just saying that to be politically correct. I think that's everyone's own decision. That's good. Uh, anyway. I like that. I also think it's ridiculous that people are calling him a satanic sellout for it. Like, it's kind yeah, of silly myself. Yeah, overboard. Anyway. Big question. If I was just speaking for myself sometimes and not just as a representative of the church that sponsors this, you know. So go. Yeah, I know. He's talking about a podcast we've kind of come up with on our own <laughs> that we might do someday. All right, man. You ready for a big one? It's funny yes. that they put this one to have me ask you because I have a, you know. <laughs> How about I'll just go to this one? I'll skip it, and you can ask that one if you want. Okay. Thoughts on Will Smith slapping Chris Rock at the Oscars? <laughs> uh, do you think... Do you think it seems unfair that he's not facing any repercussions or anybody else would have somehow been punished? Um, I think that it's absolutely ridiculous. Um, it's uncalled for, unnecessary. Um, I mean, I don't know if... I'd, I'd imagine if you're... Since you're asking this question, you know, you've probably watched it a couple times. I mean, you can clearly tell that Will Smith was thought it was funny. He thought it was funny. The joke. He thought the joke was Maybe funny. Maybe people don't know what happened. Maybe you should that's explain true. what happened real quick. So, you know, what is this? At the Oscars. The Oscars, that's what it was. I was like, I don't even remember what the thing was called. So at the Oscars, uh, Chris Rock was going to, I can't remember, was he hosting or just presenting? He was hosting, I think. Hosting, okay. yeah. yeah. So, Which is a, it's a hard job. Yes. Mm-hmm. You've got to try to make that boring thing not boring. Exactly. So exactly. Chris Rock hosting the Oscars. Um, you know, he's... He's in between things, so you know. If for any of you who've watched these kind of shows before, you know the hosts can tend to just kind of jab some fun at people. That's what they do. They can make jokes, whatever you know, and, and it's entertaining. It can be funny. So, uh, Chris Rock made a joke about Will Smith first, and you know it, it was all light and funny, and Will was laughing, and then he made a joke about uh, his wife, Jada Pinkett Smith, uh, about you know GI Jane two coming out, you know, because you know she she has a bald head right now. And so, you know, Will Smith, the camera pans to Will Smith after he t- says the G.I. Jane joke, and he is laughing. But you can, at, at the edge of the screen, you can see Jada is having none of it. She is upset, like she is, she is mad. But, mm. And then soon after that, the camera pans back to Chris Rock, and then uh, Will Smith is seen standing up and walking towards him, and then he just smacks him in the face. And then... Uh, you know, you can tell Chris Rock's kind of shaken by it. He's like, "What? You know, what just happened?" And, you know, and uh, Will Smith goes, sits back down, and says, "You know, keep my my wife's name out of your mouth." There's there's With some curse words yeah, in there yeah. still, and he says it twice. And eventually, you know, Chris screams Rock, it. Yes, screams it. That's right. And it's crazy because this whole this film it's I it's actually kind of crazy how quiet it was in there. Oh yeah, well, there's I'm a sure lot of people shot. in there. Oh yeah, and uh, you know, you can hear him. He screams it twice. You know, Chris. You know, Chris Rock's like, I'm not gonna say anything else. You know, and you know, he's like, it's a GI Jane joke. You know, and he's just like, you could tell he was definitely kind of shocked by it. So. so Will Smith slapped Chris Rock across the face on live TV yep. because he made a joke about his Will Smith's wife mm-hmm. having a very short haircut. Yep. And the defense that Will Smith gives is, my wife has alopecia, which is an autoimmune disorder in which sometimes you lose your, you can lose your hair. Mm-hmm. 
And somehow that he was defending his wife by walking up on live TV and slapping her in the face. The question here, and I think we need to be careful not to get away from it. Mm-hmm. He's not saying whether it's wrong. He's saying, do you think it's unfair that he's not facing repercussions where any other person, maybe a normal person, would be punished? Oh, definitely unfair. Mm-hmm. You know, that, I mean. In fact, I would go on to say if he wasn't as big an actor as he is, if this were a sure. smaller actor. Oh, yeah. Exactly. They would be getting, you know, burned to the stake right now. Um, you know. I think that if you were to take this and reverse it and, like you said, you take somebody else, people would probably be like, it's assault. You know, they would be, yeah. you know, they'd be losing their minds over it. Well, said so. Chris Rock declined to press charges. He could have. I just read that today. It's, it's pretty wild. He's a cool guy, man. Like, you could tell, like, you know, that's a He guy. rolled with it. He did. So he your question is what? I mean, your answer is, do you think it's unfair? Oh, absolutely, it's unfair. I think it's still indicative of our of our world. I think the whole thing is crazy. So a lot of the people on that, the famous people on that side of the uh, moral spectrum, you know, on the one hand, like, violence is wrong, and how dare you say anything rude about someone, and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, then it, and this is what I've always felt about the people that – Speak love while spewing hate. Mm-hmm. Preach love while spewing hate. Preach love while burning buildings down. You know, all that kind of stuff that happened a while back. It's like, on the one hand, you're saying, don't hate anyone, and I'm going to combat it with hate and violence. It's just ironic to me. Yeah. So man. to me, it's more the bigger problem, even more than him doing that, it was stupid. He got made a joke. Mm-hmm. It's not like it was, and it wasn't even like a deep joke, comparatively. Nope. Um, you know? I think it's embarrassing because of what it says about how their standards change all the time. Their morality changes. One minute, how dare anyone ever do anything less like, and the next minute, it's like, bravo for defending his wife. You know, it's just ridiculous. Yep. Hollywood standards are ridiculous. They they are literally kind of like stick figures, puppets that just kind of try to go with whatever everyone thinks is cool. Is, is right. Or is do you good? think their lives are just so, do they even know what real is? I don't know, man. I don't think they do anymore. Do you think it's hard to be that rich and that famous and not become disconnected from reality? I think that's why comedians are so sad because they have to be connected with reality, yet yet they also are that rich and they are in that place where they aren't connected with reality because if they're not, their comedy won't land. So what are you saying? So you do think that they are disconnected or just comedians are? are? I I think, yes. So like actors and stuff? Yeah, I think they are disconnected, and I think that's why you see the sadness in comedians because they're in between that world of I'm an actor, but I'm not an actor in this world. And I think that's also in the whole idea of like them being actors. They're constantly putting on a different mask and doing all these things, and I've wondered about this before. Like even with the role of the Joker, like how many people have been like... That almost gives him a pass. Like he did this because he has to play different roles. Uh, You know, P.S. unrelated, he's a Scientologist. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I find interesting mm-hmm. because you're not supposed to be violent and any of that stuff because you, and you don't even have that in you because it's been uh, audited out of you mm. a lot of times. Yeah. Anyway, I can I'll admit this: it's certainly affected my like. I look at Will Smith differently. Oh, yeah. If Will Smith had slapped me across the face and told me not to say your name, I bet you I would have said Jada, 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 Jada. Like, come on, you know. Yeah, man. I thought the meme was funny. When I actually saw one today that said the host of the next year's Oscars, and it was Mike Tyson. <laughs> Imagine if he came. I bet you he wouldn't have got up and slapped Mike Tyson in the face. Oh, you know oh, he no. wouldn't have. Nope. <clears throat> so, no. So I don't know. It's, it was pretty. I think it's unfair. I think it shows our country. Mm-hmm. It shows human nature. The more oh, yeah, wealthy dude. and the more famous you are, the more you get away with. Yep. Even politically. Oh, yeah. 
You know, if you're in high positions of power, you get away with things other people don't. Exactly. And, and maybe that's the reason why they become so disconnected with reality, too, is because they can almost do whatever they want. Yeah. Almost like a God complex, even. I want, yeah. More so than... I wonder if there's, like, a if you could <coughs> see that throughout, like, history with actors, like, the first time, like, they were able to get away with something because of their fame, because of either, whether whatever it was. It, it, this is across the board. When a celebrity, the first time they were able to get away with something because of their fame, like, how that changed them. It'd also be interesting to see if you could get an interview with one of them, like, if there's an interview out there of, like, these big, like, celebrities like the first time they got away with something they're like oh it changed my world because it it, it has to be out there one of them had to have been real real to the point where like yeah this is this is yeah, real. It's interesting yeah for man. sure interesting times weird surreal also and yeah, never mind we're focused on that now too you're up man oh yeah instead of other things yeah now why don't you read this one? Oh yeah i my did bad. that for yeah my bad um let's Thank see you, sir it says remnant dudes remnant dudes guys back or whoever you are. Uh, can you explain this portion of Scripture? It's Hebrews 6, 1-6, and this is in CSB. It says, Therefore, let us leave the elementary teaching about Christ and go on to maturity, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works, faith in God, teaching about ritual washings, laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. And we will do this if God permits. For it is impossible to renew the repentance those who were once enlightened, who tasted the heavenly gift, who shared in the Holy Spirit, who tasted God's good word and the powers of the coming age, you know, fallen away. This is because to their own harm, they are re-crucifying the Son of God and holding him up to contempt. And the question from this scripture is, impossible to, re- impossible to renew repentance. Yeah, so essentially I think what they're asking, great question. We've, we've talked about this before, this one, um, because and it, it makes sense. This section can be confusing, especially if you say that salvation you know, is permanent, that we can't lose our salvation, that we're eternally secure in Christ. So what this means, and we got to look through the lens of all of Scripture, is there's kind of two ways to look at it, but both of them still point to eternal salvation. Remember, we, we read everything through the lens of the entire Bible, not one section out by itself, right? Mm. Uh, <clears throat> so what it's the first one, which I tend to find which I tend to believe is the the better, um, man, I can't speak today, the better conclusion to take from this or the better interpretation is, what is it talking about? It says, uh, blah, blah, blah. If we do this, if God, for it's impossible to new repentance, those who were once enlightened who tasted the heavenly gift. Tasted is like briefly, right? Not in it. Uh, mm. Who shared in the Holy Spirit, who tasted God's good word and the powers of the coming age and have fallen away. So the idea is those people who mentally heard the gospel, understood it, maybe even had that moment where the Holy Spirit, right? They, they've gotten the opportunity to hear the gospel. Holy, They know it, and then they rejected it. And because of that, that this is, and what does it say? This is because to their own harm, they have re-crucified the Son of God and holding him up contempt. So they're essentially looking at Christ and going, yeah, I hear it, and I'm still not going to follow you. I'm mm-hmm. still not going to put my faith in you. And he's saying those people, they can't be saved because they've consciously rejected Christ, which leads back to the the only unforgivable sin anyway, which is the rejection of Christ. So it's just describing that there are people out there who intellectually grasp it, have had even the Spirit move and prompt them, and they have ignored it. And it doesn't matter their good works or whatever else. They're essentially, that's almost even worse because they're standing there looking at it going, yep, I see it, I hear it, I understand it, and I'm still rejecting it. Does that make sense? Yep. 
scary too. Does that make sense, Fun Turn? Like genuinely? So that's the first one. The second viewpoint of it, and both would point to a true believer can't fall away. Remember, in this case, this person who intellectually grasps it still has not truly accepted Christ, been crucified, you know, um, confessed the lips, believe in the heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. Right. They haven't done that. The second one is it's it's almost a sarcasm. It's saying, for it is impossible to um, new those who were once enlightened, who taste heavenly gifts, who shared in the Holy Spirit, who tasted God's good word and the powers that come as you have fallen away. So essentially, it's this idea um, of <clears throat> it's in, they're actually it's kind of the opposite meaning. It is you can't lose your salvation. Think of it. He's kind of the that argument. This interpretation is implying it is sort of saying. It's impossible for someone who's actually put their faith in Christ to lose it. Hmm. Because that would be like them re-crucifying holy contempt. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So let's just be... Re- but I think the first one is actually what he's saying, in my opinion. So you. the writer of Hebrews is just letting people know, hey, there are people out there, just because you recognize it and know what it is, does not mean that you have put your faith in Christ. Because if you're not following and you haven't accepted him and you haven't confessed to your lips and believed in your heart and died to sin and been alive in him and all of that, then it doesn't matter because that's even worse because you're just standing there saying, yeah, he deserved to die. Man, that makes sense? Yeah. Okay, perfect. I keep saying that because sometimes you guys don't give me feedback and I want to make sure I'm answering the way that the person listening. Oh, yeah, man. That, that, it's, you've well great, done. great question, by the way, and really shows someone really studying scripture. That's true. Because that man. part has messed me before. Messed with me before. I remember the first time somebody sent that question. I was like, ah, what? Yeah. <laughs> um, I will go next. Okay. Clinton's from entry number 88. You need your Sarist people. <laughs> you want to explain Clintisms to everyone? Sure. Uh, Clintisms is a, uh, it's an American pastime at this point um, where we, we get to collect the, the beautiful uh, mis, misspeakings of Clint. <laughs> yeah, if, you haven't, if you've been a long-time listener to the show or you know Funturn Clint personally, he has a tendency, um, very smart guy. And that's what makes it funny. If he wasn't smart, it wouldn't be funny. Mm-hmm. He's very smart. So what happens is he'll randomly have, I don't even know how to, what to de- describe it. It's like, it's, it's a, it's like a, did you say a, a stroke? <laughs> yeah. His mind just blinks. What do you call the thing when like you see things like backwards? Like dyslexia? Yes. Of? It's like a dialectic but it's word. dyslexia. Dialectic dyslexia. Did you make that up or look it up? Just now. Yeah. I just made that up. Anyway, fun turn <laughs> says some funny things. So someday we'll have uh so he'll mean to say, like in this case, what was he trying to say? That's see, I'm. This could go a couple Probably ways. Probably from our last show. Maybe you need your Sarist people. Would it be strongest people? No. Could be safest. Remember? Huh? Safest people. Safest. Be safest. You need your, yeah, that could see that. Yeah. I don't remember, but it could be anyway. safest. <laughs> Pretty funny, man. Oh yeah. Um. So as you guys can see, that's number eighty-eight. So there is. 87 literally but when he says there's 88 there's literally 87 other yeah. ones yes and we have oh, a list. Yeah. pretty funny production guy production guy blake does yeah yeah all right so i guess we're getting ready to move on to our next question and what is that next question so we got a uh, sweater here keep let's going. see uh next question it says silly and random question i noticed all the guys have nicknames fun turn cowboy cowboy coney i wish that was his name cowboy kenny etc but does aj You said that's so odd. Silly and random question. Notice all the guys have nicknames. Fun turn, Cowboy, Kenny, et cetera. Et cetera. But does AJ? Instead, you said, silly and random question. I notice all the guys have nicknames. Fun turn, Cowboy, Kenny, et cetera. 
but it's AJ. <laughs> I don't. I can't even mimic what you said. Anyway, uh, but I don't have. I don't think I have a beardy. Yeah, yeah. You call me beardy a lot. I'm trying to think. Uh, I am a nickname guy. Give nicknames, and I've I've read this. Human nature. You give nicknames to people you really like, or mm-hmm. you really don't. It's just one of the your other. enemies. Yeah, seems wow. to be. Yeah. Well, think about it. Even in politics, they give nicknames to their enemies, but you give nicknames to close people too. Uh, that's fair. I tend to be a nickname guy. I don't want. Hmm. Yeah, I've heard Beardy. I don't know if there's any more. Metro. Uh, <laughs> that's right. That's right. Metro. Um, those are probably the big, the two big ones, I'd say. Yeah, I can't think of anything else. I mean, pe- people play like like they'll do wordplay on my name. Like that's just a regular I thing I think of. <laughs> he goes, no, nah, not me, man. Like, it, it probably, I don't know, Ajax. I've heard that one before. None of us have ever called you that in our entire life. I've heard, just in, in oh, general, okay. I've heard okay. Ajax. Okay. I've heard, so like, it's just you, your actual nicknames you've had in your life. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, I am curious. So age. You're... People called me Age before. Age. Um, I don't think, I don't know if any others, those are the... The base level ones with my with my name, anyways. <laughs> yeah, so beardy it is. I just call him Sapley. <laughs> there you go, reincarnate. <laughs> All right, well, AJ, I'm going to. So our church recently had a uh, nerd night, and part of the nerd night was board games and card games and all this other stuff. But we also had an uh, area for people for for people to play Magic, the card game. Yeah, Magic Gathering and D and D, Dungeons and Dragons, mm-hmm. and I think someone played a Star Wars RPG, like a role playing cool. game. Yeah, so um, <clears throat> there's a long thing here <clears throat> where someone gave us the view of focus on the family about D and D. We're essentially focused on the family. I'm not reading the whole thing, but they said uh, we have concerns about it, and they kind of gave their concerns. Um, but um, They seem to be negative about it, but left a little room of like, hey, you know, we have concerns. So I yeah. guess what they're – oh, the question is con- it, concerned about involvement in these games as a church. So they they have concerns with us. Uh, the church that sponsors this show, the Remnant Church, yeah. um, sponsored this this game night. I was just letting people know out there so that they could connect the show to the game. So yeah. they're saying – I guess really what's your thoughts on that? They're saying it's – they seem this person seems to think it's wrong or have concerns about playing those games. <laughs> it's very nitpicky. Um, is a good, is, I guess, is a good way for me to put it because if I'm honest, it, it makes me want to like take someone else's life and just nitpick at every little thing. And be like, well, that's magic, or that's you know, or like just like, or like, hey, you shouldn't, you shouldn't have a phone then because that's magic, you know, or like, so for me, you know, I don't know. You should live out of your own convictions, for one. It's good. You know, if you feel like it's something that's going to make you stumble as a Christian and it's going to affect your beliefs in Christ, then, yeah, you shouldn't do it. But you also shouldn't put that same standard on everybody else. You know, it's like the same argument with, like, Harry Potter. People are like, you shouldn't watch Harry Potter. And it's like, yeah, but, I mean, like, if it's not a stumbling block to your faith, then it it should be fine. So, I don't know, man. That's kind of where I land on it, like... You know, like I even saw like like a one of the one of the issues they brought up with this was like it's an obsessive it's obsessive potential as a game. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. So they're like, <laughs> it, it reminds me of like even like technology. Like 
like they're worried about the obsessive potential of a, of a game, but they won't pay any attention to the fact that they're probably on their phones 80% of their lives. You know, like, so it's like, it's like, come on. I don't know. So to me, it's just, yeah, live out of your own convictions is the, is the biggest thing I would bring to this issue. But while you're doing that, just because it's your own conviction doesn't mean it's others. So you shouldn't be judging others because they're playing, a, you know, Dungeons and Dragons or Magic the Gathering or whatever. Yeah, so I kind of agree with you here. Um, the I, I will say this, because they sent they took the time to send this whole response. It sounds like they actually reached out themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, they said... They talked about it has occultic elements, so mm-hmm. magic and, you know, there's monsters and yeah. they think, you know, they fight fiends and all kinds of things. And then the second problem they have with it is that it's obsessive potential because some young participants undertake four to eight hour marathon sessions. Many players, it's something dangerously addictive about the idea of entering fantasy universe and assuming a different personality. That's true. This can be especially true for youngsters who tend to be isolated, socially challenged, who find it difficult to connect with other people. So I just wanted to give their actual concerns about it. And then it goes on to say, hey, you know, anytime you play a game like this, you need to ask what's the message being communicated and what values does it promote? Hmm. And it goes on to say, you know, games that focus on violence, sensuality, greed, ego gratification should be avoided, et cetera, et cetera. <clears throat> um, I agree with AJ completely. I think you got to follow your own conviction on this. I definitely think so. For instance, whoever wrote this, I respect your viewpoint, but I yeah. think, you know, it's a first Corinthians thing with meat, with meat, you know, where Paul talks about <clears throat> eating that meat. Um, those that don't know, so there was a situation where they were asking whether or not they should eat meat that had been initially sacrificed in pagan temples. Yeah. And Paul said, listen, I eat that meat and it doesn't mean anything to me. It doesn't bother me. But if it bothers you, if you're eating that meat and it makes you feel like you're connecting to this pagan god or this demonic, you know, then you shouldn't do it. You exactly. follow your, follow your, uh, follow your the Holy Spirit in that. And also it says you don't want to ever do anything that causes your, your brother to stumble. So for instance, if you, whoever this was, was in my home or here and it was causing you a problem, then we wouldn't play that game or offer that game. Here's what I was, I always think is where would Jesus go? Hmm. You actually just gave me the reason why I think we would play it. You're saying there are people there who are hurt, who are uh, socially outcast, who are isolated, who don't have friends. Then they go to that place because that's their community. That's their connection. Wouldn't Jesus go there? I think 100%. Jesus would go to that table and sit down, and I think 100%. he would interact with them. And I know their response might be, but he wouldn't play the game. Maybe he wouldn't. But I think, you know, it's like anything else. If you play, heck, you could play Monopoly and say that it's it focuses too much on greed. A lot of it has to do with the heart. So I know I've played that game, and, and I don't highlight certain elements of it. I just don't. You know, and a lot of times it's about good, overcoming evil, and all those kinds of things. So... Um, I think, you know, I know our church did that as, and probably will continue as an opportunity for outreach for kids that are hurting and struggling, who don't feel good enough, um, who feel like that Jesus doesn't love them or wouldn't want them. And I just, I think, like he said, he said nitpicky. I think we got to be careful what we're condemning mm-hmm. um, because I know Jesus would never you know, throw the baby out with the bathwater, I guess, if it were. Are there people that play these games and focus on the occultic things and do evil? Absolutely. Sure. That doesn't mean in and of itself the game itself is, like, magically evil. I don't believe that. Mm-hmm. Now, if a person was playing it and felt that way in their spirit and it was somehow making them feel weird or feel like they were entering into that, kind, then they shouldn't play it. They absolutely no. shouldn't. And I, and I take that seriously. Um, 
For instance, there's certain aspects of the game, of games that I've played where I say I don't feel comfortable playing this, and I haven't. And it's just like the same with television shows, certain television shows. Yes. You know, for instance, I know Clint doesn't doesn't watch games that have a lot to do with demonic type stuff, um, and I think that makes perfect sense. I know a good friend of ours, Andy's the same way, doesn't watch horror because he feels the same way. So, um, Or scary movies, you know, because he feels like it's kind of like that. So I hope that answers your question. I really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, I, I love hearing folks on the family's viewpoint. Um, I appreciate the fact that they were wise enough not to say, yes, this is evil, and just instead give their concerns and why it concerns them. And I think those concerns are valid, but it's with anything else. Would it be any different if that kid is spending 48 hours playing um, Minecraft? Mm. So, you know, we got to enter into those situations and try to help those people. And sometimes Absolutely, the best man. way to do it is to meet at their well, for lack of a better word. When I think of the Samaritan woman at the That's well, good, man. are we willing to go to their well and meet? So, just my thoughts on it. That's good. Great man. question. I like it. Okay. Um. Let's see here. Sorry, I got lost in my my list. Um. Do you think Hillsong will make it through all the scandals within within their leadership over the last year or so? And then the, add on to that question: How would the remnant handle it? Well, that kind of leads us to. Um, <clears throat> An article we have actually. Yes. So I was just looking at that. Sorry, guys, again. But uh, let's see. Yeah, we. It's actually. It's kind of a. It's kind of cool. Fun turn did some good research here and brought us some articles that uh, kind of place. You know, for those of you who are not familiar with, you know, what's been going on at Hillsong. You know, there's been um, some happenings, and uh, he was able to kind of put just kind of a small timeline together uh, of just some of the bigger events that have happened um, with the first one starting off as uh, their pastor, Brian Houston. Uh, let's see, this is in January. Um, okay, I'll catch us up here. So you're asking us about Hillsong. There's actually a big, um, what's it called? Documentary that just came out yes, too that says exposing Hillsong and, and all these kinds of things. Yes. And to start with, recently in January, the leader, the head pastor of Hillsong had actually um, was stepping down for a time because he has been charged with withholding evidence. Apparently, a long time ago, I don't know how long, actually, he might be able to tell us exactly when, but years... in the 90s, right? No, 90s when he found out. Like, 99 is when he says he knew. Mm. Um, I don't remember when, but at a certain point... Um, he, his father had molested or um, allegedly molested a, a young boy or something. Mm -hmm. And it says that Brian Houston, who is the global, he's the founder and the global pastor, knew about that in 99, okay, as uh, early as 1999, and didn't go to the police about it. He vehemently denies that, vehemently denies it, says that's not true, but he was right. stepping away for a time in January to focus on his case. Mm. Well, recently, this just happened. Um, uh, Hillsong pastor Brian Houston resigns after revelations of indiscretions with women. And I want to be responsible here and say these are... Um, we really wrestled with whether to even talk about this, but I think because Hillsong's so big, it's important to do that. Mm. So it says, less than a week, the article is less than a week after... Uh, Hillsong pastor Brian Houston resigns after revelations of indiscretions with women. Less than a week after the Hillsong board released a statement revealing his co-founder Brian Houston had sent inappropriate 
text message to a staff member and spent time in a hotel room. The board of the global mega church has announced the longtime global senior pastor has resigned. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will say, as they put the statement out, and I actually like this, and a lot of Christian people out there may not, but it says, irrespective of the circuit, the board said this, irrespective of the circumstances around this, we can all agree that Brian and Bobby have served God faithfully over many decades and that their ministry has resulted in millions of people across the world being impacted by the power, grace, and love of Jesus Christ. Read this statement signed by the Hillsong Church Global and Australian Boards. So what happened was, in a March 18th statement, the Hillsong Board acknowledged that that it had been dealing with two complaints made against Pastor Brian, the founder, over the last 10 years. So over 10 years were these two complaints that came up. Mm -hmm. Um, And they said they each was investigated by a board member or a, quote, body appointed by the global board, and it was dealt with confidentially. So the first complaint was that he... uh, he was accused of flirting with a staff member in text messages a decade ago. So 10 yep. years ago, he had sent a flirty text message to a staff member. Uh, the board ended up finding out that it had been attributed to him being under the influence of a sleeping medication that, quote, he had developed a dependence. And so what happened is they said that Houston, Pastor Houston or Brian, it's Brian, right? Yeah, Brian. He had apologized to the staff member and the staff member had to actually resign. And he also, the board had put him on kind of a plan and worked closely with him to ensure he received professional help to eliminate his dependency on the medication. So they said, hey, this was because of this medication. He was kind of out of his right state of mind. We got him professional help. He's no longer addicted to the sleeping meds. Yes. And he's okay. So the second incident took place in 2019 in a uh, during a conference. And it said... Quote, the Hillsong board statement said Houston had become, quote, disoriented after taking more than the prescribed dose of an anti-anxiety medication mixed with alcohol. Hmm. And this resulted in him knocking on the door of a hotel room that was not his, entering the room and spending time with a female occupant, read the statement. Now, that's a that's an odd thing. Yeah. Okay, so what does spend <laughs> yeah. time with them mean? Right. Is that is that a euphemism for... Right. Did something? Yeah, right. Did it, yeah. But anyway, we'll move on. It says the there was an investigation by, by quote, their integrity unit after the incident, according to the board, and Houston agreed to step down for leadership for a period and, quote, take specific action. So essentially, they put him on a plan, yeah. like a restoration plan. And it says, and this is what leads us to him having resigned. Ultimately, yep. according to the state, the board statement, he did not take all the agreed upon steps, which resulted in the board taking further action in late 2021. Yep. Um. That's what it is. And then, so he was already dealing with this. His father, also a preacher, supposedly indecently assaulted a young male in 1970. It and it said that he knew in 1999 and without reasonable excuse failed to disclose it. <clears throat> so, long story short, he resigned. They accepted his resignation. Um, now, was he forced to resign? Was he asked to resign? It doesn't matter. So, it seems like it wasn't because of the thing with his dad. And to be clear, he didn't do anything with a young boy. There's been no charges of that. That was been right. his father. And the idea was he has been charged legally with withholding evidence, and he's dealing yes. with that in court. These other two things are not legal issues in the sense, but he has been moral failings. One was flirting yeah. with a, with a uh, staff member in text, and then the other one was, in my opinion, even more serious, clearly, yeah. stumbling into a room and, quote, spending time with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the actual question says there's a lot of things with Hillsong lately. Yes. Uh, what so is do you it? think they'll make Scandals. it through all the scandals? So then, yeah, we actually kind of looked this up, <clears throat> and it really does kind of add up. Um, I think I have it pulled up here, and I'm just going to say it, and I think if you stick around, you guys will be surprised at where I'm going to go with this, but because 
I think this whole thing brings up a really good discussion. Hmm. Um, I'm trying to... Someone, here we go. <clears throat> I found a good timeline. I don't think I told you guys. Nope. So one... <clears throat> oh, it's not the whole thing. Oh. Darn it. Uh, maybe I can find Hillsong. So wow. this goes all the way back to Carl Lentz. Yes, I was about yeah. to bring up Carl Lentz. Yeah, this is... I know, you know, um, he was... For those of you who maybe are not, you know, familiar with Carl Lentz, he had kind of went through a similar process where um, he had was it his uh, mistress that came out right and talked about you know there were yeah. the, the affair that he had for a long time and uh, that led to him you know I believe resigning from you know that section of of Hillsong right he had his own section of Hillsong uh, yeah so Hillsong has like thirty different campuses yeah. Um, so he was, I think, Hillsong, New York, I That's think. That's right, yep. So I'll kind of, here's the time. So Hillsong pastor was accused, um, Carl Lentz had an affair mm-hmm. and also was kind of accused of a bad culture they ended up finding out. In fact, Brian Houston came out and said that his employment was terminated. Lentz is in the best interest of everyone, including him. And it, his firing followed, quote, ongoing discussions in relation to leadership issues, breaches of trust, plus a recent revelation of moral failures. Uh, he declined to get into specifics, which I like. He didn't tell them. He let... Carl Lentz apparently is the one who said I was unfaithful in my marriage, blah, blah, blah. Right. Okay. <clears throat> it also ends up seeing leaked audio of a church meeting obtained by page six Houston reference Lentz partaking in more than one affair. Um, but who knows? So <clears throat> if you go down, his wife lost her job too at the church because they had a policy that both... Um, then what else? Keep going. Uh, Hillsong's failure. Then we have Brian failed to report supposedly, allegedly, and hit evidence of the child abuse. Mm-hmm. Then we have, <clears throat> is this the guy from Houston? Is this a Bogard? That's what I was trying to find, but no, this is another LA. <laughs> oh, so there's another one. Uh, some men are accused of... There's just a lot of stuff going on. The uh, Hillsong Dallas actually closed down after the pastor and his wife resigned. I think his name was Reed Bogard because they had been found... This was within the last year, too, mm-hmm. that they had been misappropriating funds and using it to, quote, fund a lavish lifestyle. Yeah. Um, so wow. there's just a lot of stuff going on in Hillsong. And I think the... And Hillsong's a big deal. We all know that. I guarantee right. you, if you're a Christian and you go to a contemporary worship service, you have heard a You've- Hillsong... Worship song. Yep. <clears throat> um, so, hopefully that caught you guys up. You can look it up. Now, I'm not typically of the opinion to bring up this kind of stuff. Yeah. Because I've personally understood what it can be. Rumors can grow. You know, a lot of this stuff's allegedly, no, very, not all of it's been crimes, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, do I think they will make it through all the scandals? We actually had this discussion really briefly before we came on. My opinion is, yeah, there's a lot of money there. Mm-hmm. All right? They... They're very, very big. So it would be very difficult to completely destroy that church, I yeah. think, even with the, the leadership failings. Definitely. Could it tarnish it? Has it hurt their ministry? Oh, absolutely. Has a huge... Did did these all these things happen at once lead to this documentary that just came out that someone from our church comes and goes, hey, Todd, have you seen this? It's pretty crazy. Called Hillsong Exposed or something. I yeah, don't know. Yeah, along those lines. So yeah, if they hadn't done that, would it have led to that? I don't know. I, I think from a humor perspective, it would be very difficult... To shut that church down, even mm-hmm. if it was, it just would, right? Too much money, too big. Um, God's going to do what God's going to do. But we need to remember, too, that as believers, we can sometimes fall into the trap of, of saying, well, if a church leadership is all, that means all church leadership in that church is bad, 
bad and that every they're not real Christians. And I think that's very dangerous. Agreed. We got to remember that there are believers in that church, thousands, true believers that believe in Jesus Christ, regardless if you agree with their <clears throat> so every single theological statement. Right. So that means there are brothers and sisters, and we want to pray for that church and pray that God, you know, takes care of them and Absolutely, that brings yeah. up leaders that will. Um, so that's my thought. You guys can hop in anyone. How would the remnant handle it? I really like the way they handled it. I think that <clears throat> we have this tendency to believe that if a leader has a moral failing, it needs to be put out in front of everyone. And now oftentimes they quote that from uh, a verse in Titus that says, you know, if an elder sins, take him before the church, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. The actual context of that from the research I've done is when an elder who is preaching a false gospel. Because in that case, you would have to take him up so that he could say, hey, this was wrong teaching, because that's very dangerous, right? Right. It yeah. doesn't say he has to go up in front of them for every specific reason. Uh, now, you know, some people will disagree with that. But I, I tend to think that everything kind of goes under the the umbrella of Matthew 18 given to us by Lord Jesus Christ on how to deal with church discipline. Someone sins, we go to them. If they don't repent of that, we take another, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So <clears throat> we've done this. We've experienced it. You know, if a leader uh, sins in a way, then they're put on a restoration path, assuming they're repentant. And we try to stand beside them. And, and yes, will they be serving in the midst of that? Depends on the nature of the sin. Yeah. But a lot of times, even if they were asked to step away, it's not because they're any worse or they're they're messed up. It's to help them too, because you need times to heal sometimes, right? You need a little bit of time yes. to heal. The goal is always restoration. I believe that with always, Jesus. Man. If it's possible. So that's it's hard to ask me how I would handle that because this is way huge. Um, I think if you have a systematic leadership problem, um, you know, setting culture. You, you know, culture gets set at the top, and and then a church accepts, meaning like leadership sets the culture. But leadership isn't just the pastors; it's every deacon, it's every you know member of that church helps set that. And we've got to remember to follow the Bible and how the Bible says to handle things, not just how a policy says to handle it. Hmm. Does that make sense? I feel like I'm rambling, but... No, man, not at all. Do you think... The question that came to my mind was with this... Because, like you said, it's probably hard for us to even, like, kind of answer this, because especially <laughs> compared to the size of our church sure. to like a, something like a, sure. like a hill song. Well, nobody can compare to them size-wise, almost. Mm -hmm. but. So, like... They're in on, multiple countries. Right, yes. On on that scale, right, like, mm -hmm. like on that big of a scale, mm -hmm. like, because you mentioned culture, like, with this, with Chris, as, a question, yeah. as big of a church as they are, like, how would you approach trying to handle that, that culture? Like, uh, <clears throat> sure. I think, I'm, I'm going to tell you this, you got to be really careful not to reward giftings over character. Mm. So what I mean by that is, is a lot of times they've named these certain people. This could just be a possibility. Again, I don't know every situation. Are they putting pastors in positions of leading these different chapters, for instance, based on their giftings and their charisma and their talents more so than their character? They actually know it's Does that make sense? Yes. I think they actually even bring that up somewhere about how some of their pastors are almost just a, like just celebrities. Yeah. And I don't think, listen, fame, that doesn't bother me as much. Like, if fame comes, great. We need culture setters that are, you know, if we can have them. Uh, it's hard to do, right? Jesus warns us of that. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that we, uh, 
we gotta you gotta be careful not to reward that giftings over character. So I would make sure that, and you can have both. Yeah. So your ideal candidate's got the giftings and the character to go with it. Definitely. Um, the other thing I want to put here, though, I've learned is we can't imagine the stress that these leaders are under. Oh man! And the scrutiny, and and if you take your eyes off of Jesus, we are all one step away from a major catastrophe or sin. And unfortunately, the bigger the platform, the hard, the 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 farther the fall. Yeah, man. And the more ripples it has. So I guess I'll also be careful that we don't judge too harshly these situations or Absolutely. call them false prophets or any of those kinds of things because that's so dangerous. We don't know that. We don't know that. So let's say, for instance, Brian Houston. Let's say the only thing he's ever done. Let's say he's not guilty of hiding evidence, okay? That's a whole different issue. But these two things, these two things have happened in the last 10 years. Does that mean 30 years of ministry? And again, I'm not saying I agree with this guy's theology. It could be anybody, Pastor Bob, right? Same situation. Are we going to throw away 30 years of ministry and say that it was all false because he committed these sins? Those sins are serious. They're real. They should be dealt with. It was foolish. It was a mistake. You know, all that kind of stuff. And I'm more concerned with the fact that he didn't go through all the steps because that shows me perhaps a lack of repentance or a pride, right? Yeah, man. But again, we don't know the scenario. Nope. But I think we just, man, in, in Christendom with a capital C, we love, love, love to see our heroes fall. True, we man. love a good scandal. Reminds me of Ravi. Yeah, yeah. And um, so I think it is hard to do culture. Going back to your initial question, I kind of went off the rails there for a minute. But that was good. It's just a, it, we could take a whole show to talk about this, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. We really could. In fact, I almost want to because there's so many layers to this. And so many lessons for us in the church around here, whether you're in a church that has 50 people or you're a church that has 5,000, there are lessons to learn from this. Mm. Because you don't think that the pastor at the church for 50, in his own way, some churches, right, has just as much power in his little circle of 50 as they do in their circle of 30,000? Um, you know, I think I think that churches in general need to be... I'm not taking responsibility off these pastors. Some of this stuff is just flat out, like we know these dudes probably were in it for themselves. It looks that way. Well, the only way, by the way, we won't even know that until the test of time when we see how they respond to the sin. Truth. Mm -hmm. It is not the nature of someone's sin that shows whether they're a disciple. It is their response to it. What is their response to sinning? Hmm. And that's something we got to remember too. Pastors can sin. Leaders can sin. I'm far less concerned with whether or not they sin, though sin is serious, right? I mean, the repercussions here. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm far more concerned with what is their response to sin. Is it humility? You know, Brian Houston, I don't know, but it breaks my heart because it sounds like his church bent over backwards to try to help him. And it's that's, that last statement catches me where it says yep. he didn't go through with the, yep. the, with the steps they told him to go through. And mm-hmm. when people do that kind of stuff, <clears throat> I think it's really easy to be in a place of arrogance, you know, and, and to start thinking that you're the guy and I don't I don't have to do this. I started this, blah, 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 you know, that yep. kind of thing. So um, yeah, man, culture's a it's that's why we talk about that at our church all the time. And I, and sometimes I feel like our members don't take it serious. We have to set culture. And what is the culture set around? Bib the Bible. Yep. Biblical community, biblical transparency. But we also have to give people the freedom to confess sins. Let me give you an example. Let's say there's a pastor before he, this happens. Let's, I'm not saying this about Brian Houston. I'm giving a scenario. Yeah. Say there's a pastor Ryan. Okay. I'm making this up. This is not a real person. Pastor Ryan is a pastor of a church this big. Does he have the freedom to come to his board and say he's struggling with pornography? I'd hope so. 
what happens if he does? Some churches like fire immediately, it gets yeah, out yeah. public, all these kinds of mm-hmm. things. So then they start to think, I don't have anyone, and that shouldn't stop them. But we've got to we've got to enable space for our leaders to admit their struggles so that they can repent and they can grow. And, and certainly we don't, you know, can get help. Otherwise, we are creating this idea of this this perfect priesthood that doesn't exist. It's true. Where these man. pastors are like these, I mean, that's just do we take and do and the other thing I've always pondered is do we take sins like pride, arrogance, ego in pastors as serious as we do sexual sin? Or uh, no, I don't think so. And I get it, sexual sin is very serious. The Bible says it's you know, it's not like other sins because it takes place in the body, but there's a lot of layers here. Um so it's hard to ask us how we'd handle it. I want I know this. We try to follow Matthew 18, and our goal is always restoration and to walk with someone unless or until that person is unwilling to walk it out. You know? Yep. That's good, man. I, I think that's that's a perfect explanation for it. A lot of good stuff here, though. Oh, yeah, man. I mean, not good stuff, but stuff for us to learn. All righty. How long have we been going here, Fun Turn? He's going to look at that. Unrelated, man. My allergies are out of control. You hear my voice going, uh, getting more nasally? <laughs> yeah. We're at about an hour, 20 hours. Oh, say. yeah. We should probably call it. <laughs> Guys, we have so many other great questions, so many other great articles. Stick with us. Next uh, next time, we're going to talk about, um, man, what's that guy's name? Greg. Uh, Greg Locke. Greg Locke and his deliverance ministry. He's the guy with the witches and stuff we talked about a couple weeks ago. We've got some more info there. Um, hey, be praying for Hillsong. Be praying for these churches. Be praying um, for our country. Keep bringing the great questions. Uh, if we haven't answered your question, I promise you it hasn't gotten lost. We're going to answer it. Mm-hmm. That's right. Just so many good stuff lately. Man. So oh, man. Stuff. You guys have been killing it. My news. You guys have any thoughts on the Hillsong? I feel like I kind of took all oh, that no, time. Oh, man. I, th- I thought you did a great job. I mean, honestly, I agree with a lot of what you said, dude. Like, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we have to be careful to not to not be the ones who are putting ourselves on our own little pedestal just because we're not under such a giant magnifying glass. Yeah. Like those guys, like what you said, like, I mean, places of this size, you know, the, the stress that they have to go through of, you know, we, we think, you know, here in little small town, Indiana is, is hard, you know, because it's, you know, we feel like it's a big magnifying glass, but those guys can imagine it's huge, man. So like, yeah. And that doesn't give them an excuse to sin. Please hear me. But it, 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 Helps us empathize. Yes, and that's what I mean, man. If it's always like I feel like people are always in two separate camps, like you know, like oh, you know, it's it's either all you know empathy or it's all judgment. You know, there's or no- well, yeah, empathy turns to uh, like allowance, like it's exactly. Okay. Here's what we sh- I do know: we should all be praying and hoping that that Brian Houston and all these guys are actually repentant, and you know, because God loves them. And then, yes, and, and until we're proven otherwise, they're our brothers in Christ. Hmm. Same with Carl Lentz. You know, maybe it'll come out that they're not, but that'll be shown over time, and we have to take people at their word until they're, they're shown otherwise. It's really good, man. Yeah, we're always just so – it's it's kind of what you said before for a long time, and you've said it so much on the show, is like I think a lot of the time we get so caught up in trying to throw out you know wolves. <laughs> yeah, that we throw out sheep sometimes. Yeah, that's yeah, good. Anyway, great questions today, man. I, it's one of those shows where I want to keep going. I know. You know? <laughs> so, it's so – yeah, it's so I think it's about stuff. it. It, the only thing I had to add is actually from your sermon this week, you said something that made me spark this, and I wrote it down, <clears throat> this thought that came to mind, how quickly we forget we were the prodigal at some point uh. in time. We forget the real beauty of that story and the truth that is that it brings, mm. that we are all prodigals at one point. Amen. 
Amen. And I think that's a very big thing to remember in this situation. Mm. Because if you don't remember that, you don't... And I, and I encourage you to go back and even read that story and actually look at it for what it was, because it even... It was something you said this week, just changed a little bit of a perspective on that story and the actual beauty of what it is. That's good, man. And I will say one of the... That's really good. Thank you for sharing that. And it's true. And helps keep us keep, keep perspective. But the other thing I just thought that I will say is serious, regardless if the most heartbreaking thing is it, is it tarnishes Christ, you know, mm. the name of Christ, to the world. Yeah, man. You can't really tarnish his name, but, I mean, it, it, it's one of those things, right? It gives the world just another thing to be able to, you know, and because they can't separate Christ from the big Christians. Yeah. So that part is sad. Yeah, and, that, that uh, I just pray for restoration, and I pray that God is somehow glorified through all this because he can be, and that Hillsong comes out better and stronger and more holy than it, did, than it was before as far as leadership and stuff, mm. you know, as far as the... You know, they can't be any more holy in Christ, but just in, they're stronger for it. It's good. I like that. So be praying for them. Again, that, that's not condoning their theology. I certainly don't agree with the theology of, if I'm honest, of, I, I don't entirely agree with the theology of, of Hillsong. However, <clears throat> very talented, and I love, and at the end of the day, you know, you preach Christ crucified, and we're brothers if you believe in Christ. Hmm. And the rest of it gets settled someday. It's good. Anyway, good stuff. Hey, you know what, guys? We appreciate you. We love you. Not really much to say, right? No. You, you know, know the, the deal. Yep. <laughs> Go out, like all of our stuff, share all that beautiful stuff. We did get to 150, so I'll bring my special guest on Sunday or at least talk about it. I forgot about that. It was actually last week, I think. Oh, yeah, it was. But um, we're still going to do the stuff that we promised you we're going to do. Get it, Hit up AJ about it and hammer him and bully him about it. It's true. Responds. With love. We're ready. Don't have to love. No, me. it has to. Did you think I was gonna hit you, dude? You flinched. Did I? You're like, because I beat him when the camera's off. <laughs> hey, we're ready to Gosh, go on at least one of the episodes, and the second one for at least the show notes oh, is about true. to be ready as well. You talking about Revelation and stuff? Revelation. Yeah, so we're about to drop that. So there right, you go, guys. So that right. actually gives you hope for real. Fun Turn's been getting all of our our stuff together. Yeah, so we're awesome. gonna be dropping those job. Um, those specific. What was the other one? There's Revelation. Uh, deconstruction. And deconstruction. deconstruction. Yes, I really Which want to was... do that. We're going to talk about deconstructionism. Well, mm-hmm. matter of fact, I'm coming out of that. And then I'm actually very guys. fired up about that. We need to, maybe we'll do, I really want to do that. I'm not just was, saying that. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Hey, we love you guys. Appreciate you. Please like, share all those types of things. Hey, really like, suggest it to friends. Let's get this going. The world needs more positivity. It needs more Jesus. So love you guys. Appreciate you. I want to leave you with one little thing because it's been kind of brought up lately. And uh, boy, now I got to remember what it was because I was going to leave them with something because they, they've been asking about that. That's right. And that's something. What is that something in my notes? We need you to buy time with the frog, do something. As you guys would know, yeah, uh, this frog here was one of the first gifts we actually ever got from the show. It was, uh, I believe, Allie. Allie, you gave us this frog because you knew I hated frogs. All right, good. I'm back. I just remembered. So, hey, guys, I want to talk to you really briefly, uh, try to leave you with a positive or something to chew on. Um, since we're kind of talking about Hillsong and all these kinds of things, one of the things you're going to hear us talk about a lot, and even the idea and heart behind Real Talk is this idea sometimes in Christianity of the perfectionism mindset, right? It's this idea that we have to present this this perfect image with no struggles and you know, or if we do have struggles, it's always the same ones. Like, yeah, I just struggle to, to 
be positive or, you know, we don't want to admit that we're struggling with lust or hatred or maybe alcoholism or all those kinds of things. And I'm not saying that's always, or maybe the marriage is going through a tough time. I want to encourage you in this is that God already knows what's going on in your heart. Hmm. God already knows that you don't have to live in this false reality where you can't admit, you know, the struggles you're going through or the battles you're facing or even the sin issues you have because you're, you know, if you admit them, then people will judge you and throw you out or even God himself doesn't want you. But remember, he already knows. So the beauty comes from when we release that, when we just say, you know what, God, here's where I am, here's what I am. When we share it with our brothers and sisters in Christ, our struggles, when we drop the facade of perfectionism, in that we can find real discipleship. And what I mean is, is that God can truly grow us instead of just having the appearance of growth. Hmm. There's a scripture that says, um, they're kind of describing sort of religious leaders, and then he says it's, it's, it's having the appearance of godliness but denying its power. And I think mm-hmm. in Christianity today we do that a lot. As long as we have the appearance of godliness, that's okay, but then that's why we go home at night and we're still depressed and we're still struggling with the same sin issues. When we just do the appearance of godliness, we're denying God's power to actually change us to make us hmm. godly. Does that's that make so sense? Yep. So So if you're in a place right now where you're struggling with a sin, you know, you're struggling with an addiction, you're struggling in a, maybe your marriage is struggling, or maybe, you know, it could be a lot of things. God hasn't stopped loving you. You don't have to hide that. Find someone to share that with and pray with and and ask God to come into it and just let it go. Let go of the idea that that somehow you're a worse person or a worse believer or God doesn't want anything to do with you because you're struggling with that. The testimony comes from how you, you know, your testimony comes from how you deal with those things Mm. because we all have those issues. We all have issues. That's not, um, that's not justifying sin and that's not glorifying sin. That's reality. And people respond to humility and they want to know that God, the God that's working with those broken people because that's what we all are. That makes sense. Yes. So and if it doesn't so make sense, I apologize. But no, if it does, great. be encouraged. Have a great day. God loves you. He already knows where you're at. So what are you worried about? Have a great day. God bless you. 